0: Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast Live. I'm Mike.
1: And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 371. And we're excited to go live with everyone here. And it's been it's been a minute, right, Mike? I mean it's been not a minute, maybe years.
0: Yeah, it it actually has been a long time since we've done a live together, which um, you know, this is our first live being uh remote. So we'll see how this goes. I, I think uh I think if this goes well, just with the interactions with people, which which it always does, uh, but maybe we could start planning some more of these, and um, I can maybe make it a little bit fancier with some uh, cool effects, more like a an actual show, but today we're just hanging out, kind of doing a normal update episode, but instead of doing an update episode where you're just... You know, listening in on the podcast at some point, you get to be here with us and comment along. And uh, we'll be pulling up some of those comments on the screen, uh, maybe answering some questions or throwing up some cool stories. You know, when Orlando and I give our random stories, we'd love for you guys to be in the comment section too, dropping your random stories, your big finds, all the fun things you've got going on in reselling. So, yeah, I'm super excited. Looks like we've got uh, quite a few people already
1: uh, in watching and uh, in the comments. So Yeah, cool. just grateful for everybody here. Lightwear, Dean, uh, Pug, 3 Cernox Connection, Timothy Ryan, uh, Buttercup Unique Boutique, Hannah Slade. I uh, just appreciate everybody who is here. And uh, as always, I love butchering names. And so if I do, you know, my apologies. It's just part of the, the good time. So, hey, what's going on? Rabbit Ridge Resale from Missouri. All right, Mike. So how's things going since this is an update episode? yeah, I mean uh, pretty good. Um, unfortunately, I have not
0: been able to get out to garage sales as much as I'd like. Uh, part of it being you know some some rainy weather and then also just other things. My son's got his last week of uh, soccer coming up this weekend. so it kind of throws a little bit of a wrench in uh, in, in things like garage sales. Uh, but I've still been doing fine going to the outlets, uh, just doing random uh, thrift store shops. I really want to up though my local game here. Um, I feel like that's where I was really crushing it in San Diego before I ended up moving. Uh, it was just the local game stuff. And, you know, I'm hoping that I am hoping I can really get that rolling here because I've noticed with eBay, it really is. And we've talked in the past about uh, it's not a guarantee that the more you list, the more you're going to be able to sell. But there is a some kind of correlation, a direct connection in some way uh, to the amount of activity you have on eBay and the kind of sales you're getting. And, you know, occasionally you get one off sales here and there and it's like, okay, here's some bread and butter sales. But when you're not like actively listing or running sales or all the things we talk about, which occasionally I take a couple weeks off of that, just things are a little bit, you know, other things going on and man, those eBay sales tank. And so it's a little encouraging in a a selfish way when I hear other people saying that their sales are slow on eBay too, because I'm like, okay, it's not just me because I'm being lazy, Um, But the local game, I feel like I always did really well with that. Uh, So I want to I want to really start increasing that a little bit
1: more here uh, now that now that I'm here. All right. So somebody's asking you, what's the biggest difference? This is from uh, uh, Pug3. What's the biggest difference between Texas and California for you since you moved?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm experienced enough here yet in Texas to say what the biggest difference is for sure. Uh, but definitely the prices are quite a bit better at thrift stores, at least some of the thrift stores I've been to, but the items are very different. So I'm trying to kind of get used to uh different types of items that I'm seeing. Um, even just like sports teams. I was so used to seeing, you know, all the San Diego sports teams and seeing those jerseys. So now I'm kind of having to relearn, like, okay, who are the important uh, you know, players of the, the Rangers and who are the important players of the Astros and who are the important because those are things I just cause I'm not a huge sports fan. But I was I, I kind of knew, you know, when it was like a San Diego Padres or was the Chargers or it was, you know, one of the triple A teams we had or something. You kind of knew what the good jerseys were, what the good years were. So just kind of learning those new things. Um, the weather is definitely different here. I think the garage sale season is going to look very different uh, than San Diego, which is
1: pretty much year round. So, yeah, I get it. And and right now it is beautiful out there. So. It, I, I, I will say if I ever have to move, which I'm hoping I never have to move, it'll it's definitely going to be different because I'm used to the groove. I'm used to when I have to get up, I, I'm used to the neighborhood. So you having to adjust and all that seems pretty difficult. And I'm sure some people in the chat have gone through that too. Uh, hey, I just want to shout out real quick, uh, Paradise Pickers here. Thanks for dropping the $10 super chat. Ooh. Thanks for the live guys. And is that like a Simpsons version of you? <laughs> it looks pretty cool so if you're listening on a podcast uh somebody uses some kind of uh you know paradise pickers I guess. either they look like a simpsons character or that's just you know what they decided i feel like, I, I feel like when somebody does a uh
0: does a uh a, a, what, what's it called a super chat i need to have some kind of sound effect that plays in the future i don't have one here's a here's a little song i can uh play a little bit see if that works
1: okay all right so uh, hey speaking of hey, Speaking of, uh, you know, sourcing in California, I got to tell you, you never know what you're going to get out here because it's so eclectic out here. And and what I mean by that is, you know, in the part of the area of San Diego I'm in, it's it's pretty much it's Western, meaning that we have you know, we have ranches out here. We have cowboys out here. There's a lot of Western gear that I pick up cowboy boots, cowboy hats. Right, you, you would think just Texas, but in California, I get a lot of that. And then I could go. <laughs> thanks, Dean. Dean said, "Herrando, I found some toilet seat sales this week. Good night, good for you." So I, I have not sourced toilet seats. Now, if I go on the other side of San Diego, which I'll share here in a little bit, you know, I go to La Jolla, right, and it, and it's pretty pretty ritzy, pretty upscale, a lot of artwork, a lot of collections, uh, stuff that I I need apps like WorthPoint to use. And so I'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, somebody had asked, I'm trying to find who it was. Somebody asked me, oh, Janet said, uh, do you remember the first item you sold on eBay? And for me, it was a Hawaiian shirt. It was an RJC. It was like a Las Vegas casino. Like it had slot machines and all this. And I remember I was mesmerized because I, I paid like three bucks at the store shall not be named and it sold for $35. i am like, what? Somebody really would pay this much? And, and, you know, I was hooked after that. So, Mike, do you remember your first item before I move
0: on? Yeah, um, I think so. Uh, real quick, though, that the toilet seat sale comment. Uh, you know, I remember, Orlando, you said you, you have to treasure hunt. You couldn't just sell toilet oh, seats. If that's But, man, I tell you what, if I came across a pallet of a 1,000 toilet seats and I can make money on them, I'll, I'll be grinding toilet seats for a long time. I tell you what, bringing the money. Uh, but, anyways, yeah, I think one of the first things I sold – uh, was a, a, an old Kindle of mine. I had like a reading Kindle and i had upgraded to a new one and I sold it via a, a bid, an auction. And I don't think I got very much for it, but it was before we started the podcast, but you had already been talking to me about selling on eBay. So I was telling my wife about it. I'm like, maybe we should give this, you know, selling thing a try. And so I listed a couple things on auction. I think I sold a, a, a Magic the Gathering card too. And I remember I told you, I was like, oh, I sold this Kindle. And you're like, oh yeah, like, uh, you know, how and I said auction. You're like, well, did you make enough on it? I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, it's an auction, but that you kind of had to teach me. Like, no, oh, do do best offer, buy it now. Uh, so that was that was like one of the first and only auctions I did, not knowing what I was doing. Now I definitely would have sold it, uh, uh with best offer.
1: It buy is it, it is interesting the learning curve on reselling, right? Especially let's say you just started reselling without any YouTube, without any podcast, without any social media. You just started going on ebay like you wouldn't know how to search for comps you wouldn't know about promoted listings it's kind of it's kind of strange it's kind of strange you would think now i know ebay has their whole seller university or something like that i think amazon has that but ebay has their own version of it but even if you go on ebay you don't even know how to find it but that's for another discussion so sales and people are talking about sales here sales for me have turned on as far as q4 i think we're in q4 and again everybody's experience is different now my problem is whenever I get home runs, I'm I think sales are back, right? So I'll sell you know a t-shirt for two hundred fifty bucks. I'll sell a jacket for two hundred. I'll sell another item for three hundred, and I'm like, yeah, sales are back. But the reality is, I haven't had many sales. It's just that I had those home runs and it felt like I had a lot of sales. So that that's what could be happening. But I will say the last few days, uh, things have been great. Now sourcing has been interesting. Uh, I wanted to share this story real quick. I I ended up going to a a garage sale. And the night before, I was combing through, you know, the ads. And this individual had all these vintage uh, Pee Wee Herman items, right? And Pee Wee Hermans are, you know, they're pretty collectible, you know, unfortunately, due to his passing. And I showed up and it's me and this other guy. And I know he's a reseller, right? Because I've run into him before. And maybe he listens to the podcast. I don't think he does. And so, we were there. I, we were there, and he, you know, he comes up to me. It's always that awkwardness, like, "Hey, what you here for?" And I always answer, "Oh, I, you know, whatever, whatever is good." How about you? He's like, "Oh, I like vintage toys." He, he's like, "You saw the Pee Wee Herman stuff, didn't you?" Stepping on, stepping <laughs> on your turf, man. Well, no, 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 but he's, you know, we're in the same area. You know, it's, it, it's, it's just, it's just interesting. So we go in, and no one's there, just him and I. And I see all this stuff, and I see he's, he's like, one-track-minded, right? So I, I back off because I'm, like, I'm not going to be a jerk and try to, like, start grabbing the stuff, whatever. Because because to me, I, I looked at the comps, and the problem was there's so much stuff listed for Huey Herman right now. There's, there's one play set that goes for two to $300, but there's, like, over 100 listed and maybe, like, 50 sold, right? So everybody has caught on to the fact that you can sell it for good money. So he asked the lady, how much are you selling this for? And she's like, oh, I looked on eBay. And I was like, oh, here we go. And she's like, yeah, I kind of want, you know, I was I was looking for 200 for it. And then there's that the couch. And then there's the <laughs> Somebody said, Tim the Slim said, uh, what happened to, where's my G.I.? That's my G.I. Joe. Come on, Orlando. Yeah, you could so guys... screamed, that's my Pee Wee Herman. That yeah, so if been, you guys uh, don't know, I was on an estate sale. And uh, I had to sprint with the guy and I uh, yelled, that's my G.I. Joe. And the guy grabbed it right in front of me. So See, what he should have said is he should have grabbed it and said, no, it's my G.I. Joe. <laughs> I know, but, but I knew as soon as that she had said that, I'm like, okay, there's no negotiation going on here. She knows what she wants. And he kept telling her like, well, that's, you know, that's kind of pricey. That's what, you know, people want for it on eBay. I was looking to to buy it and he wouldn't say he was a reseller which to me was kind of rough hearing this conversation because i'm overhearing i'm looking at what is being missed while he's trying to get the set and so i'm looking around and i'm hearing and he's like well you know i i, I kind of collect and she's like oh so you're a collector he's like yeah i'm a collector i'm like okay i'm like that's probably not the right word to use because if you're a collector she's not going to go down on your price. So don't. you're way better off saying you're a reseller before you're ever better off saying you're a collector. And so he's like, well, I drove kind of far and, you know, I, I was looking for a better price. And I was like, oh, this is this is not going anywhere. So long story short, he didn't even leave a business card, didn't leave. He just left. So I went up to her and I'm like, hey, I'll be real with you. I'm a reseller. I'd buy all that for you for, for 80 bucks. And she's like, no, it's early in the morning. I'll have somebody else, you know, maybe somebody else will pick it up. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. Just remember, though, you have to list it. You have to pack it. You have to ship it. You know, you have to deal with all that. She, I know she's like, oh, she started thinking about it. She's like, that's, that's a lot of hard work. Now, before everybody thinks I made the deal, I didn't make the deal. I left her my business card and hopefully uh, she'll she'll call me back. But it's one of those things like you have to read the room when you're negotiating. Like sometimes you're just better off once a person starts saying that, you know, you're better off just saying, hey, I'm a reseller. I need to make money on an item. Uh, I end up doing a lot better when I say that than when I start acting like I'm not a reseller and I'm just trying to get a good deal because usually people understand. Yeah, I
0: mean, that works. And then also, though, I mean, especially if you're willing to be honest and say like, yeah, you could probably get $200 for all this stuff, but you've got to find the right collector. And he could have kind of messed you up by saying he was a collector in that sense. But, but by saying like the, the, the right person, the person who's going to come along and buy this is it's the chances of you finding them at your garage sale is very, very slim, right? The, the only people who are going to be buying this are going to be resellers uh, because your buyer is probably in some random podunk town somewhere else or in, across the pond, you know, and they're, they're, they are they want to buy Pee Wee Herman stuff. So just letting them know that, yeah, you've got to find that clientele who's going to buy it. So you're probably going to have to list it on eBay and then doing those things like we said of explaining by the time you list it, um, by the time you do all this stuff, I mean, heck, you can tell them about peerless podcast podcast, and say, Hey, I got a podcast to teach you how to resell if you want to, but it, it's a lot of work. Um, and then, yeah, people, a lot of times are willing to let things go. Um, it, it can be, I think, beneficial at sometimes not to say you're a reseller. You ca- again, like you said, you got to read the room, um, uh, because some people have that negative feeling. We've talked to a lot of people who've, you know, in our discord, for instance, who've lost sales. Cause it's like, I'm never selling to a reseller. I'd
1: rather give these really? away than sell them to a reseller. Yeah. I've never had that. Ever in my entire life. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I've never, I, and maybe, and you got to understand, and I'll be real with people, some people just don't know how to talk to people, right? So sometimes it could be somebody is like super rude, like, you know, I, you see it all the time. You see it all the time with with these resellers that, you know, they walk up and I'm like, hey, would you do everything for $10? And the person's like, whoa, 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 you haven't even said good morning. You haven't even asked me how my day is. Like I I feel that sometimes when people get kicked, I like somebody said, not on Discord on on social media that they got kicked out of a garage sale once they said they're a reseller. And I'm like, okay, I'm wondering how that went down. You know, because I've I've never had that experience. Now I've had people go, Oh, you're a reseller. Yeah, you're probably trying to get it for real cheap and and you know, sell it for good money. And I tell them yes, they're like, Yeah, it's probably not gonna work out. And then that's fine, but I've never had someone like upset at me. I don't let us know, let us know in the comments has it ever hurt you to say that you're a reseller well i mean i've had it one time where where a
0: buy almost didn't go through and luckily the guy was willing to work um i i um it was a craigslist thing i put an ad on craigslist and some people like were were reaching out on it and so i had my number there for that and i used that same number my business card number all that stuff um for another craigslist i was reaching out to this guy who had a Uh, it wasn't a board game. It was like a board game type thing. So I left my number, but I used my business number for it. And he calls the number to tell me like how to get to his house. And he hears the voicemail of like, yeah, you've reached, you know, my blah, blah, blah reselling. And he told me when I arrived there, he's like, when I heard that you're going to potentially resell this, I was ready to say, turn around, don't come here. So, I mean, I've had it.
1: Interesting. Interesting. I, I like what, I like what Dean says here. Dean says, Usually my GoPro gives it away that I'm a reseller. Yeah, that probably would do it. I would think that would do it. Uh, and then some people in the chat are saying, no, it helps me out with consignment. Uh, and, you know, somebody said, here you go, you got Kodiak Reseller. Here's saying, when I go to yard sales, I take a car hooked up to a trailer, LOL. If there's a large item for cheap to sell, them local. Okay, well, there you go. And that probably gives you away as a reseller, right? And, and, and here in San Diego, there's a different vibe in the sense that, I would say most people that go to garage sales out here are resellers, right? Especially, you know, we, we get a lot of individuals that uh, come across the border and they have their massive trucks that they stack up to the ceiling. And, and you know, there's no hiding that they're a reseller. Not even to the ceiling, like beyond the ceiling, like 20 feet high. Uh, and so that, that's how it is here. Now, on the other side, so I went to this, uh, I, this other, it wasn't a garage sale. So I always tell people make connections, leave your business card to get to know people. And this is a this was pretty wild. So one of the connections I've had hit me up, sent me a text, said, hey, Orlando, I have a, I have a client of mine in La Jolla. And, you know, are you interested in art? Are you interested in this? And I, I never say no. I'm always down. So I go to this house and it's it's not you know, there's all La Jolla is expensive. But then there's you know, there's like La Jolla, like you're rich, rich. And then there's La Jolla, like you're rich, 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 rich. You know, like you have a, like this house. So I pull up to this house, and I asked them. I said, "Do you ever get tired of eating dinner and just seeing the ocean from your window?" And they're like, "No, it never gets old." And I mean, this is the kind of house. So I walk in, and I so for real quick, quick example. I'm like, "Hey, uh," long story short, this was like 30 minutes in." I'm like, "Hey, can I can I use your restroom real quick?" I went to I went to the restroom. In the restroom, they had Van Gogh pictures. Not Van Gogh. Sorry, not Van Gogh. Wait, wait, wait. Um, They let you into their restroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I was there for like an hour and a half. I was, I was searching stuff. I go into the restroom. They have Andy Warhol pictures, like real ones. I'm not talking about like repops. I'm talking about real things, like real art. And so this whole house was full of art, like art. And and she told me, she's like, hey, some of this stuff is going to be sold at Christie's. Some of this is going here. But here's, here's some of the items I have. And I'm like, wow, like I am so 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 out of out of my out of my range here but it was awesome as i always tell people always ask questions especially this one right this was a private sale so i had asked her i said what makes this artwork so great what what brings the value here and i learned a lot about art and you know i'm, I'm sourcing through all this stuff and uh, see mary knows mary's like whoa some serious bathroom decor i'm telling you it was it was some pretty wild stuff like the artwork that was in there was you know, several hundred thousand, maybe million dollars. I don't know. I I, I don't know. All I know is that it, it was a museum in that place. And so I'm going through and and there was this really cool vintage T-shirt like framed and it had like the, the these words and it, they're called like truisms. And uh, it was it was Jenny Holzer. I don't know anything about contemporary art, but I guess it's the Jenny Holzer. If you know somebody in the chat, maybe knows who that is. and uh, And she's like, you can take that if you want. I'm like, I, I, I'm not sure I can afford that, but okay. And then there's these other paintings on the wall. And she's like, you know, if you want to take these, you can take these too. And I was like, what? No, okay. So I'm going through and I'm just sourcing. I'm just sourcing. I'm just sourcing. And I said, I really hope we land on something. I, I picked up this mid century, uh, Japanese horse sculpture. Uh, and I'm like, this is, this is too good to be true. And I always tell people, like, don't be afraid to ask. And so it came to the end and I said, hey, you know, uh, I hope we can make a deal. I really don't know what you're looking for. I just you just told me to grab stuff and I grabbed it and I got this pile. She's like, well, I was looking, you know, it doesn't matter to me, like somewhere between 250 to 500. And And so I was like like, thousand. No, no no no, i don't know i didn't have a number in my head because the stuff was so wild and and if you uh if you caught my instagram uh yesterday it might be still it might be still on the stories there and she just goes you know 200 250 to 500 so i go can we do like 250 because the you know things have been kind of kind of rough lately she's like sure no problem i was like what okay, I'll do it. And, and, and
0: here's the th- here's the wait thing. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me get this straight. Yeah. So she gave you the price range of 250 to 500. Yes. And then you went with her anchor number you went with her. Uh. So you didn't even try to negotiate down like, so that shows how much that works. Like Orlando is the guy who will negotiate <laughs> like if somebody's like, I'll give this to you for free. He's like, Well, how about you pay me for it? Like, like, you'll negotiate like down to the, the penny if you could. And That tactic, which we talk about, which is if somebody forces you to give the first number on something is to give them that range, like give them a low number and give them a high number. And then they'll take the high number because, well, it sounds so much better in the low number. Like she basically used that on you, not that she was trying to negotiate, but you you took that low number without like having to try and go further
1: down. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But I'm telling you, I just have to sell like that T-shirt that t-shirt sells from anywhere from 500 to 1000 dollars just a shirt okay the the paintings three of the paintings each go for on the low end like i saw one sell for like 380 on Worth Point, and another one for for i think 800 dollars okay so that's just that there's also there was a bunch of knickknacks some of them was like uh like i don't know like vintage like masonic stuff and there was money in that like there was it was just the, the stuff was just blew my mind and uh you know she she had shared with me at one point um how how their uh their family at one time would have Andy Warhol paintings that just like sat in their room and they just didn't think about it they're like oh that's cool art and then years later they look at auction selling for you know 30 million 40 million I'm like okay this is wild so to me to me I think I ended up you know she just wanted to be nice. I was a charity case, right? Like I, you know, she saw that I was a reseller and things were rough. <laughs> you got and, to be her project, and I was fine with that. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You just gotta. And, and that's what I always tell people: like, don't, don't, you know, be worried about asking. People can always say no. You know, all the time. You know, people tell me like, Orlando, you're always trying to negotiate. But that's the thing: if people don't want to sell it at that price, they're not gonna sell it. And she, she didn't care. Here's what happened: after we negotiated that. I went into their library and they had all these art books and art books could go for good money, you know, like 50, hundred bucks, sometimes even more. And I said, Hey, do you mind if I pick up some of these books? You know, let me know if you want me to pay you extra. She's like, no, just take as many as you want. Just take all the ones you want. So I just kept, I just, I, I, I think I picked up like another 50 to hundred bucks. So. That's what I'll be doing uh, for the next week. I'm gonna. Getting... Now, I will say, and I'll stop talking because I feel like I'm talking too much. And unless if you have questions here uh, in the comments, we'll take some questions here. Uh, what I'm recognizing is what I'm sourcing is changing. And so you hear me talking about WorthPoint a lot more and we're not sponsored by WorthPoint. We have talked with the CEO of WorthPoint, awesome guy. Uh, but what I'm finding is if you're out there sourcing and you're not sourcing the normal thrift source stuff, if you're not out there sourcing... You know, regular like video game stuff, or even video games. I would say you need to use worth point. You you got to use it because uh, you know people ask me all the time, is it worth it? And I would say yes because a lot of the items I picked up aren't on eBay because they're so scarce uh, that there is no ninety day comp. Some of some of the items I have haven't sold or been on the market for three years. It makes them even more valuable. So definitely do your research. All right. So I'll take a question. Easy one from Big Dre. Somebody had said uh, Big Dre says. Uh will this be a weekly thing? Uh and uh
0: maybe at my- some point we'll we'll probably add some more uh lives in. I don't know exactly if we can make it weekly for now. Uh part of the thing is um we we want to make sure that we can upload to the podcast. So if you end up listening to this, if you're listening right now on podcast, the quality, the audio quality is probably not gonna be the same because I'm just gonna be taking it right off of the YouTube. It's not gonna be processed. Um, so it kind of would change our recording structure a little bit. We'd have to work it out, but I do think we want to try some more lives. Um, we just having the interaction cause Orlando, I like you a lot, man, but, uh, you know, just talking to you all the time without other comments coming in, you know, it, it doesn't have the same feel. It's cool having, uh, having our listeners joining in with their flair and comedy.
1: No, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, and, and here, uh, grumpy granny says i find people are actually interested when i say i'm a reseller and they are They, you know the, the cool thing about this private sale was you know i spent a good three hours there and we talked about everything talked about you know our upbringings talked about you know I, she asked me some share some of my reselling stories so again i ask people like if if you're new to reselling you're listening to this podcast and you're going, hey, I'm not having much luck negotiating, I find that a lot of people get turned away by me, just try to have a conversation with people. Like, sometimes that that just breaks the ice, and it, it causes people to go, okay, you know what? I, I get it. I'm out here, I'm holding to these things. This person here is just trying to make a living, and sometimes people are willing to help you out. All right, hey, Flip for More is in the chat, and he dropped a super chat uh, and said thanks for the work you guys continue to do. Yeah, look for more. I gotta tell you, since from the early days, hustle the week. There we go.
0: Yeah, hustle. We got a we got a nice little super chat coming in. I don't know if this is the sound effect; it was just already built in here.
1: But thanks for the uh, super chat. Well, thanks, Alex, and check out his whatnots too. He has he's he's doing some whatnots lately, and uh, he's he's killing it out there. So, all right, hey, before we move on. You know, one of the things that scares people a lot is taxes, right? And uh, I just finished mine up, and you know, things would have been a lot rougher if it was not for my reseller genie. It's 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 November, Orlando. <laughs> no, no, but it's you know, November. It no, the, the state of California, we had floods. Okay, yeah, you had until so- October. <laughs> no, no, I know. Well, I got it done in October. I got it done by the date of October 17th. Okay, but feels just the trauma feels like it was just yesterday. So, you know, my reseller genie helped me out. It allowed me to import everything. It allowed me to see my, you know, profit and loss. And actually, I had to go apply for certain things. I had mentioned to you, Mike. I'm I'm looking at maybe getting a small business loan, and uh, my Reseller Genie has helped out a lot. So if you haven't uh, signed up on my Reseller Genie, make sure uh, to check them out. You get 15% off the first month by using our code Pure Hustle. And uh, again, that's Pure Hustle, uh, and you, you you won't regret it it'll it'll definitely ease the burden of the paperwork all right do you have any random stories mike
0: yeah so you know how in san diego and i think they had similar things in other parts of southern california um but in san diego it's really big most library branches in our area have what's called friends of the library right it it must be a national thing because i'm noticing something that, that same name here um but most of the branches have like almost its own bookstore attached to the library and it's like a little room with you know a few shelves of books and uh the thing is it's really difficult i've tried when i first bought a book scanner to like go to the little bookstores at the library because they're usually relatively cheap you, you buy a book for a dollar or two Um, but the thing is they've already been hit hard like the thing about like thrift stores is new books are coming in all the time so resellers can go and still those are hit hard but something like the Friends of the Library at a library branch, those books, they're not being replenished as quickly. So the good stuff goes really fast. Like the people who come in, they know what's there. They get it. So it's really difficult to source there. Well, here in McLennan County, where I am in Texas, uh, they have instead of like the branches having just like the bookstore attached to it. Well, actually, I don't know. I haven't been into any of the, the libraries yet, um, but they had a, their 60th annual Friends of the Library sale. And I found out about it late. So it started on Thursday and went from Thursday through Sunday, um, and or maybe only Thursday through Saturday. But either way, I I found out about it late. It was like Friday night when I found out about it. On Thursday, they were charging. You had to pay $10 to get in, and all the book prices were a little bit more. Um, They had audio books, CDs, DVDs, all kinds of stuff. And then it was free entry on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, And their prices, they kept going down. Like, so by the time you got to like Saturday and Sunday, they're basically giving books away. So I'm just thinking, oh, this might be cool. After my son's soccer game, let's go check out this Friends of the Library sale. This thing was massive. This was not just like a little tiny, you know, little store. It was an entire expo hall with tens of thousands of books. Like, I'm talking just rows and rows of tables full of books. And they were organized really well. So they had it like, you know, fiction by author. They had like kids books, theology books, all the different things. And unfortunately I wasn't prepared for what I walked into because, um, had I been prepared, um, I, I wouldn't have taken my kids because, uh, it was after soccer games, they were hungry and tired. Uh, my youngest one had a dirty diaper and we uh, had left the diaper bag at home. So it was like, okay, we got, we can't be here for very long. Um, we ended up picking up kid books and we didn't know, we thought they were a dollar each because they were like heartbound kid books. They were 10 for a dollar on this day. But the reason I bring this up is um, I I, I went through some of the sections, some of the history sections, some of the sections of books I I know do well. um, And I found some pretty decent stuff, but I I just didn't have the time to really pick through it. And I'm thinking this is Saturday. These books have been here forever and there's still money on this table. What was here? And I told some friends of mine about it. I'm like, did you hear about the, this friends of the library sale? And they're like, yeah, like I had a buddy who went and he picked up like an entire Charles Spurgeon set of books, like complete set because we have Baylor here, too. So it's not just like the the libraries here, but it's like Baylor University is putting a lot of their books into it. And I'm talking like money, money books. And they even had a little corner in the library or in the in this expo hall that was like their better book section and the better book section was like higher prices. It wasn't their normal prices, but their signs there, which I kind of appreciated was 50% lower, at least 50% lower than the highest eBay listing or the lowest eBay listing. So I I, I like that idea of them thinking like, okay, we know these books are worth more, but we're not charging eBay prices. If these books are going for $50 on eBay, you know, it's going to probably be like $10 here. So they, they recognize like, this is selling for this much, but we're trying to get rid of these books. It's, it's a fundraiser. So it was kind of a cool way of doing it because a lot of times when you see the um, eBay prices on stuff, you're like, oh, great. But if you went to a garage sale and they had eBay prices and they said guaranteed our prices are going to be at least lower than half of whatever the, the, the lowest eBay price is, right? So you know you're getting a, a pretty decent deal. Um, and man, just hearing some of the books that some of the people who did go earlier, I tell you what, next year when this happens again, I will take Thursday off from work and I will pay the $10 to get in because I just, what was even there on, on Saturday was mind blowing. I can only imagine before it got picked through. Cause there was, when I was in the building on a Saturday afternoon, there was at least a hundred people in there. I can only imagine like how many people had gone through that expo hall over the course of the, the Thursday, Friday and
1: Saturday. Now, were morning. book scanners allowed? Like what I, they, they, they weren't,
0: they weren't like harsh about anything it was like you can, people oh, were bringing wagons
1: in people literally
0: had wagons they're pulling wagons around just throwing books into wagons like it was it was a fun event like it was not like serious like it, it was really cool I, I enjoyed it um and i'm not a huge bookseller i i do pretty good on certain types of books uh but you know i'm no latin picker i mean the way they get their books you know by the by the gay lord and and that is is a different style for sure but it was really neat um and it's just, again, it's one of those things that like, I'm learning here. Like had I been to San Diego, like we know of occasional sales where it's like, oh, this sale is a must. You have to go to it. So it's going to take me a little while to learn those, but I'm glad I found one already.
1: Yeah, Rabbit Rich Resale says, we have done well buying out all the books that are left over after library sale. We get thousands of books for pennies. We still find high dollar items. Nice. And that's how most booksellers, you know, how they do it. Now, they have a way. So, for example, Latin Pickers, they have a way where they can actually sell the books that aren't valuable like in big chunks. So they have like one Gaylord where they sort out sort out all the books that go to Amazon, all that go to eBay, all that go to this company, all that go to that company. So if you can get a system like that down, you're gonna end up a super profitable. Like for me, you know I picked up over a hundred books. You know the ones that are aren't, I'm only gonna make like two three bucks on, I'm probably gonna end up donating those. But if it was if I was a big bookseller, I would probably sell those still because it's worth it to me because of the volume that I'm selling, you know? Now, uh, Dean has a a question. I think this is an important question. Oh, uh, there you go. Dean says, as everything sellers, is there one category you avoid? As for me, it's books. So the one category I completely avoid is baby stuff all day long. I just, because for me it's a liability, it's too risky. Uh, you know, it, there's the easy ones like cribs you know want to resell uh jumpers you know the, the jumping things where you put kids and they they jump like it's a trampoline like stuff like that but i just i won't sell babies i know there's money i know people buy and pick up stuff like that all the time but for me it it's just it's not, it's just not worth it to me it's just yeah. too much of a too much of a risk
0: yeah I mean, I definitely um was originally thinking I would say the same thing, baby stuff, but I'm not like you. I do actually sell baby stuff quite a bit. Um there's you know certain things. I mean, I, I've seen you with some different strollers out, you know, by your house that you've picked up. so there are yeah, certain yeah. baby items I'll pick up and sell um because I know they do really well. um I, I get the fear of liability on some of those things. I would avoid baby clothes just because that's just not worth it to me. Um, but I see a lot of people, yeah, I see a lot of people picking, you know. Through those, I think usually just for themselves or for their own family. um I don't know if there's something I would necessarily avoid. I, I try to stay away from things that are perishable um, because I, I don't know. When I was younger, my dad and I used to dumpster dive at this nutrition shop to get a bunch of the vitamins and stuff, the the, the supplements that were like past pull date, and we got a ton of really good stuff. And there have been a lot of times I've been to garage sales and I've had the opportunity of making some connections on some like supplement type stuff, but it's past you. I don't pick those up because I don't mind personally taking supplements that are a little bit past their pull date, but same reason, even if it's a really good uh, pickup, I'm not going to deal with the liability issues of, you know, something being past you. Yeah. Or-
1: no, that, that that's true. I forgot to mention that. So I hardly ever will pick up anything that you put on your skin or that you ingest. And I know there's a lot of resellers that make great money on makeup And you know expired stuff like that, but for me, it's just again, it's it's not worth the risk. Uh, You know, all it takes is one to shut you down, right? And so you just got to be careful. Uh, But that's a great question. Now, my random story: so I went to a garage sale like a month ago, and I picked up a bunch of baseball bats, and I paid twenty bucks for I think five of them, so four bucks a piece. And one of them was super valuable. Okay if if well, this isn't bolo section but always look up bats. So this was a Louisville Slugger uh Dirk Androff softball bat, you know I can give you all the numbers and everything. Well I I didn't think it was worth much. You know it had some wear. You know how bats sometimes have like little cracks and little cracks don't matter unless they're deep. Right? If they're just like surface things, not that big of a deal. You still use the bat. Sometimes if you get dings, it's not that big of a deal. So I listed it, and within 12 hours, I sold it for $140, right? And I paid 4 bucks for it. So I'm like, yes. And I put that there's cosmetic wear. I put the pictures. They get it. (laughs) They message me. They're like, this bed is unusable. It's so destroyed. This is unfair. What can we do? And I, I think they were new to eBay. So I said, hey, listen, not a problem. You can return it. It's all good. And I knew it was all good because the moment that bat sold, all these people messaged me and was like, "Hey, if you ever have this bat again, or you come across it, you know, I, I want to buy it." So I got it back, and I don't know if the crack got bigger in the bat, but the crack was deeper. <laughs> and so, I don't know if that's how it was initially, or I just, you know, they took my, it out. They took it out and played with it a couple of times, and they're it's, like, "It's oh. possible." Like they lost a championship, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we're returning this." So I got it back, and I listed it, and within, I think, like two hours, it sold for $160 plus shipping. So I ended up, you know, better off by selling the bat, and it arrived to that good home. The person that wanted it had messaged me before and said, hey, if you have that bat, let me know. And uh, I didn't know, you know, you could crazy glue bats sometimes if there's a crack, and and it kind of fixes the problem. I wouldn't do that but i want to again i always encourage people like sometimes you'll see something you think it's damaged or whatever like you just never know like if they're there if there's something that has inherent value you know a bat that goes for over a 100 bucks if if it has cracks or is dinged or whatever it's still worth listing because there might be somebody out there who knows what to do with that right they might they may buy it for lower you know maybe you'll only get 80 bucks for that bat but if you paid four bucks it's still profit and there's companies out there that will fix baseball bats, right? So you may have to pay 60, 80 bucks, but they'll end up with, you know, a three, $400 baseball bat and they only cost them a hundred bucks. And so don't be scared about returns. You know, you can always, I always find that if an item sells for good money and it gets returned, it'll sell again. And, and a lot of the times I, what I end up doing is I, I list it for $20 more when I get it back. And usually I'm able to recoup my losses for that return shipping. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's what I do. No. So, hey, everyone, let us know if you have comments in the chat. We're always willing to, you know, answer any of your questions, your comments here. Um, <laughs> it just, uh, I, you know, everybody's sharing bolos here. Maybe we'll share some of these bolos later on in the episode. Hey, if you haven't had a chance yet, uh, you know, come on over to uh, our social media. We are Pure so Podcast on all sites, except we are Pure So Cast on X. Uh, you can always give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at puresofpodcasts at gmail.com. And as always, thank you to all of you that are listening to the podcast. And if you haven't come on over, come on over uh, to YouTube and subscribe. Uh, thank you to all of you that are on the live with us now. We have Big Dre here. We have Grampy, Grampy, Grammy, Grumpy Granny, Rabbit Ridge Resell, Texas Mom's Closet. Uh, I saw the Disgruntled Octopus. I think you're from Australia. You've been on our lives before uh, Mary, thanks for always being a big fan. Mary McQueen, uh, Collins on the move. Uh, Tim the for- Slim, Tim the Slim, the the former teacher, the one that chose to go against our advice and go full time, and he's killing it, killing so, it. Yeah, Texas so- mom's
0: closet. She asked about a, a Texas meetup. Yeah, I might have to do something. Uh, I don't know enough about Texas yet. I don't know where the meetup spot would be. Maybe somewhere like Austin, where we can get some good yummy food, or maybe maybe more a, a small town might be the the preferred. I don't know. You guys, you, you Texas uh, uh, lifers, let me know where the uh, where the cool meetup spot in Texas would be, and then we can fly Orlando out and show him
1: the uh, the Texas ropes of reselling. There you go, there you go. I just accepted an offer on, on a Doug decoy. So true to the podcast. So uh, hey, uh, by the way, uh, I want to let everybody know that you know we're always grateful for all of you that tune into our lives and everything, and so just want to say thank you. Uh, for those of you that support us on, on, the, did you hear that ching? Did you hear it? You got no, you it. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that helps us out on Patreon. If you haven't signed up for Patreon yet, uh, it's five fifty five a month. You're, you're able to jump on the Discord, and in the Discord, we have a thriving community of resellers that sell all kinds of different stuff. Uh, it's just awesome. I'm always learning, <laughs> even though it's a pure hustle podcast uh, Discord. I'm always learning when I'm there. So go to the link below, or go to Patreon.com/slash pure hustle podcast all right we have some interesting reseller topics but before we do that there is a giveaway and if you don't know what yeah. we're talking about mike you can, can you fill everyone in on this this giveaway
0: yeah so uh orlando got a cool a cool little box from american bubble boy we love american bubble boy they are one of our our favorite uh people who've you know been working with our podcast for a long time now and we love their product, and they sent us uh, some sweet, some sweet swag that we want to make sure to get out. So our giveaway—I'm not sure exactly what the the order is going to be—but we have some coffee, we have a tape gun, uh, and it's people who commented on our last videos, in our last video, our last um, Wednesday.
1: Yeah, last full episode.
0: Yeah, last full episode. Uh, and so anybody who left a comment, we just said, you know, leave a comment, let us know what you like about the podcast. So everybody who left a comment as of right now uh, we'll be entered into this giveaway. And so we will pick some winners we'll get in contact with them and send out some uh, of the the sweet swag. So yeah, especially like the tape gun and the tape, like if you're not used to, um, if you're not used to, or haven't tried the, the, my bubble boy tape stuff, what's called my go-to tape. If you haven't tried that out yet, um, this is a good way
1: to check it out and see if you like it. So before, before we do that though, I do want to share the card that they sent us. So if you're on the YouTube, you can see it. But it's Abraham Lincoln on a bear with bubble wrap on his left hand, a roll of bubble wrap on an American flagpole, riding a bear that has reindeer ears. Nice. So it's pretty, you know, shout out to American Bubble Boy. You
0: should sell Christmas cards. They should just (laughs) change the name to America Bubble Boy with a postcard
1: like that. (laughs) America Boy. Maybe that's what it means. Anyways, I thought it was. There's something going on with Dave Lincoln, too. He looks super serious. All right. So, the contest, there's two winners that we're going to announce. The first winner will get this uh, my go-to tape tape dispenser that's on here. Okay. You see that? That's the one winner. And the next winner will get uh, this coffee bubble blend from American Bubble Boy uh, with three insta packs three insta packs and maybe i'll throw something a little extra w- for the tape dispenser winner it'll just it'll just be a surprise uh, that we send all right so let's do these uh we're gonna use the good old ipad i already entered all the comments into the ipad and so it's gonna randomly select somebody let me see if i can get this on the screen i, I like the kid protector you have on it oh you like that like i'm telling you these kid protectors my son has chucked this thing so many times and it has prevented us, you know, has kept us from having to get a new uh, iPad so many times. I mean, look, I, th- I, th- I promise.
0: I promise that uh, that P-L-S podcast is can be high tech. Next time what we do a live, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll actually show it on screen and not a, an iPad. Uh, we just and maybe, deal, okay? may, maybe we need to do a giveaway next time we do live and, and do the giveaway with the people who are in the live chat. That might be a fun for the future.
1: All right. Now, part of the rules was, you had to subscribe, you had to like, and you had to talk about why you enjoy the podcast. And, you yeah, know, I know, you know, we just wanted to feel good about the podcast. OK, so if we pull up a name and it doesn't talk about why they enjoy the podcast, we're going to have to move on to the next person. Ooh, ouch! we believe in justice here. But well, remember, yeah. though, that they may have left multiple comments.
0: So that comment might not say it, but another one might. So I say if they commented, just give it to them.
1: Nah, oh, let, let's see. Let's see. Maybe we don't even have to discuss it. All right. So I'm going to hit the start here. And it didn't it start. Wait, 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 why isn't it starting? Oh, no. Oh, there we go. There you go. It's going. It's going. And it landed on Shannon. Shannon, Shannon is said, our first winner. Is our first winner. Uh, Shannon said, I like the fact this podcast isn't full of fluff. It's mostly business. And straight to the point, thanks for all you guys do for the reselling community. All right. Well, thank you, Shannon, with the rock thing right there. And so make sure to email us. Email us at puristapodcasts at gmail.com. Again, email us at puristapodcasts at gmail.com. I know we're not the best at answering emails, but make sure you put in the subject header contest giveaway winner. Okay? Just put, I'm a winner with like big exclamation marks. There, we'll there find you go. it. All right. Let's, 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 pick, let's pick our next one here. If I can get to the pick another winner here, and we'll see who else wins. All right, uh, here you go. Pick another winner. Let's get this started. Let me hit the start button here. And there we go. All right. This is Courtney. Courtney Selby says, I love the podcast because you guys are entertaining, informative, and most importantly, genuine. I recently joined the Discord, and I've learned so much. Uh, thank you, you guys, for all that you do. So thank you, Courtney Selby. Okay, make sure that you shoot us an email at puristpodcast at gmail.com so you can get your yeah. goods. Uh, so the first prize was the tape dispenser, so that went to our first winner. And then Courtney got the coffee. And the insta packs. Hey, okay. she's in the uh, she's in the chat right now. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. Okay, so Courtney, here you go. This is what you'll be getting,
0: and some insta packs. Those insta packs are really cool. If you've never used one before, I mean they're they're not needed for a lot of things, but uh, you know, if you do have something you're really, really concerned about making it safely, it's kind of just a cool experience, man. You push the thing and it just like it literally like forms a little protective bubble oh, they're of, awesome. around your item.
1: They're awesome. So there you go, Courtney. Thank you so much. Uh, and thanks for everyone that commented. Hey, you're always welcome to comment by the way, even if it's not a contest so. <laughs> or leave us an iTunes review, leave us an iTunes review. All right, let's get it to our reseller topics.
0: Yeah. I'm i uh, I'm actually not going to play the sound effects. I, 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 when we do our recordings, when I play those uh, you say my audio can get messed up. So okay, okay, um, yeah, just in case I don't want to mess it up for the, for the live. We'll, we'll test it out on another time. Uh, but uh, so imagine the music is playing right now. Breaking news. Oh, I do think I have a banner I could throw on here. Breaking news. This just in. Okay. Uh, eBay Q3 earnings. A human skull at the thrift. USPS rate change and lower Q4 predicted. All of this and more on reseller news. Orlando, take it away. Now, I hope everybody use their imagination there with that sound effect in the background. Uh, it would be way cooler with that for sure.
1: There you go. There you go. All right. So eBay Q three earnings have been reported. Uh, you know, they were not a surprise to me, Mike. I'm sure. I'm sure you haven't. Well, I don't know. Maybe you took a look at them. But what what, what are your expectations before I, I share what what was dropped?
0: Uh, what e- eBay Q three earnings? Yes. Okay. So I, I haven't looked at it yet. I would imagine that they're it's being presented in spun, no matter what the numbers are in a positive light that they probably had some kind of increase in their bottom line. Uh, but the actual uh, gross sales on their website is continuing to go down. So we know that they're, they're probably getting the increase in their bottom line from uh, increased, increased fees. That, that would be my prediction.
1: Yeah, so it is interesting. So generally... for those of you that are new q3 earnings are always lower than q2 earnings when it comes to ebay like historically it's always been like that i think for a long time right so this go around okay so compare q3 last year to q3 this year so the number you want to look at is gross merchandise value that means the money that they made from sales of items so q3 2022 they made 17.7 billion this Q3 they made, uh, 18.2 billion. Okay, so, so an it, increase in the, the 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 gross sales, the gross sales. Now, that's a problem. With, that's a good thing. Now, yeah, but you know the the problem with that though, okay, is oh no sorry, 8.0 8.0 billion. So not not 18.2 18.0, but it's still up. It's still up. Okay, uh, 300 million. Now, the problem with that is I. I always say that they don't include sales that have been canceled. They don't include uh, other items that are there, such as you know, um, the promoted listings and all that stuff. So definitely, definitely keep that in mind. But you know, generally the way that things go is that Q three is a good predictor of how Q four is going to look. And let me read this report from Nasdaq. So it said. Uh, the company's promoted listing... Oh, we'll get to the promoted listings a little bit. It said, uh, total uh, softness in eBay's marketplace platform and weakening momentum among active buyers were concerns. It witnessed a year-over-year decline of 3% in its active buyer base, which stood at $132 million at the end of the third quarter. The figure came in line with the consensus mark. And so it, it, it was kind of flat. It met the mark. It landed where it was supposed to land. And so, you know... It was kind of flat, right? there wasn't there wasn't much much to it. Uh, but now let's look at the promoted listings, okay. So promoted listings, let me scroll down right here in the report. So revenue from that, uh, they ended up at let's see two uh, they ended up down one uh, percent in the promoted listings revenue. So I don't know what that means to me, it just says that, Nothing changed, so so the, I don't see that as a good as a good thing. The market didn't see it as a good thing because the market right away, as soon as these numbers were announced, dropped, uh, their, their stock dropped from forty dollars to thirty eight dollars instantly, uh, because you know people are saying that eBay should be expecting more revenue, things should be going up, but it's just not happening. so I don't know it was it was a to me it wasn't it wasn't anything shocking, it wasn't anything surprising. So any, yeah, th- any yeah. thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I, no, I, I mean,
0: would... it's always hard because, you know, I mean, unless you dig in all the numbers, it's going to be really tough to tell. And even something like the stock, the stock value should be an indicator of a company's health and how it's doing. But we know that 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 people oftentimes are, are moving on stocks based off of emotions and not just off of like the raw data and information. Uh, so that isn't always a perfect indicator, but the fact that it did drop does say there's probably, you know, people were anticipating more. They wanted to see more out of the company and and it didn't come. And a company like, you know, most companies should be growing, right? Like that, that's kind of the way, you know, economies and businesses work. Like if a company isn't growing and consistently finding a way, especially with, you know, I, I don't want to do the doom and gloom inflation thing, but you know, when you see a, a slight increase, it's like when you get a pay raise, it's like, oh, you're getting a 3% pay raise this year or a 2% pay raise, like you should be so happy that you're getting this extra money. But then you're like, yeah, but the cost of living has gone up 7% or whatever it's gone up, 10% for me, you're actually losing money. So unless the unless the numbers they're showing increase is at least matching and then anything, it'd have to match the, the inflation and then go above it in order to be actual growth for the company as it were.
1: Yeah. And, and it's interesting you talk about the spinning. So one report, right so it's from now as it said you know eBay Q3 earnings surpasses estimates eBay forecast four quarter. Oh, no, I'm reading it right now it says uh, eBay forecast quarter results below estimates on weak consumer spending uh, they said eBay forecast fourth quarter revenue and profit below Wall Street estimates on Tuesday and joined other e-commerce platforms and sounding the alarm on weaker than expected consumer spending High interest rates and stubborn inflation across major economies in Europe, as well as in the United States, have further eaten into consumers' discretionary budgets. Rising competition from the likes of Amazon, that sells a lot of consumer staples, has amplified eBay's woes. Uh, CEO James Ione said, Jamie Ioni said, We observe softening consumer trends to date in Q4 and particularly challenges in Europe, suggesting we may see a more muted seasonal uptick over the holidays. Two things i see there i see on the one end there's still going to be an uptick right we've talked about that right it's q4 people are still going to buy but on the other side don't know what that's going to look like so hopefully hopefully that helps and that makes sense so all right uh next uh here topic to discuss uh we're we're discussing uh q3 earnings let us know in the comments if you have any questions here uh, I know everybody's like, oh, no, stats. We're hearing about stats, so I won't keep it that high. Uh, Paradise Picker says, let me look at the comments, says uh, Paradise Picker stated, my daytime job is in a high volume uh, major retail store. The amount of freight we have in our building plus the amount we are expect to get is much lower than last year. Yeah, so it's it's an overall trend, you know, and again, there are people that are still making it. There are p- still people that are being successful, so you just you just got to do what you got to do. You got to adapt. You got to make things happen. All right. You want to go uh, an interesting story? I've called this our yeah, homicide like, of the week.
0: Haven't we? Yeah. Maybe we should make that a segment. We might get demonetized on YouTube if we do that. Um, so I feel like I feel like we talked about human school at a thrift store like recently. Did we not? Like no, is this- Yeah,
1: we did. But this was in that was in Arizona. This is a different one.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a common thing for sure. Like when I walk into a thrift store, I feel like there's at least a 10% chance I'm going to find, you know, human remains.
1: Yes. So the one in Arizona was before it was put on the sales floor, they found the skull with a fake eyeball in it. So that was kind of weird. This one here, let me read this one. Uh, this is, this actually made it out to the sales floor. So this is from NBC News says an anthropologist browsing a Florida thrift store made a haunting discovery over the weekend. A real human skull on display in the Halloween section, officials say. The shopper recognized the skull to be much more than a spooky decoration, and the Lee County Sheriff's Office was notified. When these detectives responded to the store on North Cleveland Avenue in Fort Myers on Saturday, they recovered the skull and also believed it to be human. Wow. The store owner said the skull is located in a storage unit that was purchased years prior. Wow. years prior so that means they might
0: have they might have found like uh you know somewhere somebody was uh offloading their the remains that's that's a little scary um i mean you hear people like weird stories i mean i'm not into the whole like uh true crime stuff i know it's a big genre Uh, a lot of people are really into that uh it creeps me out but like you know people do weird stuff they bury bodies and all the crazy nonsense that happens uh I never have heard though, of people like donating into the thrift stores. like, what's a good way of getting rid of this. I got an idea, but obviously it was in a storage unit, but that's even, Oh, it's worse, man. That's awful. And how crazy is it that it was an anthropologist? Like it would make sense that like some, some, like, some like person with that expertise is like, well, based off of the structure here, I can tell that this is a, you know, they probably were able to tell the gender and everything just by looking at the skull and, uh, yeah that's crazy that that person had to come i mean imagine if you bought it imagine if you're like oh this would be a cool decoration and you're like man these are usually plastic this feels weird oh what a what a weird
1: (laughs) but it doesn't i mean i've never felt a human skull in my hand so i guess i can't answer this (laughs) and if i did well that, that would be an interesting episode but uh anyways yeah so be careful out there uh and you know you just never had the thrift, right? It's still a I wonder from, I, I, I,
0: I wish I wish I could see like the video of how it went down like if that person was like, "Would you mind taking this out of the uh the case for me? I'd like to examine this decoration
1: you have." If they're like looking at it and they're like, "Hmm." That's crazy. Ooh. I just yeah, it just I wonder I wish the story told us what the price tag was on it. That's all I want to know. Like, was it two bucks, five bucks? No, it's Halloween time
0: in a thrift store. You know, it's they probably, you know, wanted a little a little more for it. That's a high quality (laughs) item there. There you go. There you go. All
1: right. So whenever prices rise in reselling, where do you think they rise? Usually.
0: What do you. Okay, rephrase your question. I'm not every
1: year. There's a price hike. What category usually not not in not in selling, but Uh, never mind. I'm just going to say it. the post office prices are going up. Well, obviously. And but, but they're going up like now. Like so there is no surcharge from FedEx and UPS this Christmas season, which usually happens. Uh, but there is uh gonna be a price hike. But I, I think it's gonna work to our advantage. Uh so let me just share with you this is from pirate ship. If you haven't checked that, pirate pirateship.com, you should definitely check it out so uh priority flat rate is increasing up to six percent because USPS is removing the service from Connect E-Commerce program. That provided secret discounts below commercial pricing, so the rates are returning to commercial pricing levels. And then uh, weight-based priority rail is increasing up to ten percent. That's a, that's a big lift so in zones one through four, but it still has discounts that are cheaper than commercial pricing. And then uh, dimension-based priority mail qubit. This is like if you do box in a bag and all that is increasing up to twenty-three percent. But here's the here's the catch, though. I think this is where the win is. Uh, ground advantage is decreasing up to 16% in zones 1 through 5. So how often have you been doing uh let us know in the chat, have you been using more USPS ground advantage? Because I, I find I find that, you know, it's the, – the time is pretty comparable when it comes – I know priority should be fast, but priority is not fast anymore. And sometimes uh, I'll, you know, I'll look it up and it's like, oh, USPS ground advantage will take a day or two extra. And I since I ship every day, I still ship it that way. And it's been pretty successful. So, I don't know. Let us know in the comments your thoughts on that. Because I got to tell you, I have more and more. Like, especially if it's something that, you know, is going to kill me because I didn't put the right dimensions or I messed up. I'll send it a USPS Ground Advantage and... Everything works out. I haven't had any dings on my tracking as far as my shipping, uh, so definitely think about that. Especially if you have any items that are over, uh, that are not over ten pounds, uh, you you will find USPS Ground Advantage is a lot better. So there we have it. No comments on shipping. No one wants to say anything. Uh, okay, there. Okay, one person. Janet said, uh, "Let me pull it up if I can here." Janet said, I use USPS Ground Advantage a lot, but a lot of times priority beats the price. Interesting. Really? Really? I have not. I, I got to check that out. That's good to know. Uh, Paradise Picker says they use Ground Advantage a lot. Uh, Dean uh, Calabero says, I haven't had any problems with it. I've been pushing everything with Ground Advantage. That's what I mean. I'm not sure what's going on, but it's it's been really good lately. And it's been working out. So, that's what I've been doing., uh, but yeah, Dean does say he does miss first class prices. You're right. I do miss first class prices. here's
0: here's one thing. I mean, it doesn't really work with us so much as resellers, but uh I would say a, a good potential hedge against uh you know inflation and all those things, a good potential investment isn't gold, but it's forever stamps. Can you imagine like you just buy a you buy a booklet of forever stamps today and in like three years when shipping costs or or to to mail a letter costs like six times what it costs right now, you're going to be like you peasants mailing your letters for three dollars a stamp. I still have my I don't even know what it is now.
1: Sixty cents, 50 some cents. Oh, my goodness. All right, now, uh, reselling go, sensei, going back to originally the Q3 earnings, uh, reselling sensei said eBay market shares for selling used items is slowly being chipped away. I agree. I agree. Uh, Even without mentioning Mercari and other known marketplaces, Walmart is getting into the news book market as well. I did not know that. Walmart, huh? It seems like Walmart is trying to just be Amazon, right? And if you guys didn't know, Jamie Ioni uh, came over from Walmart. So Jamie Ioni was the guy that said, hey, we'll take a billion dollar loss to get ourselves at the same place of Amazon. And it worked out. They actually are highly competitive. So, yeah. I mean, if anybody can do it, right, it's going to be someone like like Walmart.
0: And I even think like how good their system has gotten. Like I think like Sam's Club, uh, we have Costco in California. There's some out here in Texas, but it's not as big. Uh, but Sam's Club is out here. and And you look at their... I don't know what it was like before, but their their shipping infrastructure that they have, their, the club membership, getting stuff to you, getting it to you quickly, you could tell it's all built on that same platform, and 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 they're getting good at it, right? Like Walmart has the money, um, they just had to figure out the 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 logistics. They had to figure out. I mean, part of its branding. I mean, people have a certain view of Walmart, right? And so I think a lot of people are just on Amazon. They're gonna have a hard time shifting away, kind of like. People get into to Apple products, and then something new can come out with another company. It might actually be a better product, but people are like, "No, it's got to be Apple," and, and they're not going to shift. And I think the same thing is true with Amazon. But if any company can give Amazon a run for their money, they're going to have to have a huge budget. They're going to have to have a big infrastructure already. And something like Walmart already has the shipping. They already have warehouses. They already have lots of data. They already have you know the they have the money. They can play around with it. So that really helps a lot. Okay. So- All right. So, Orlando, you're muted there. So, um, I will go ahead and pull. Oh, no, I was
1: going to mention, uh, we're going to keep it real. My son needs me to take care of something real quick. So if Mike, I'll let you continue on with everybody here oh, man. come right back. I'm going to, I'm going to run,
0: uh, I'm going to run solo here. Um,
1: <laughs> well, we, cool. we got our next great section. It's a, you know, go for it.
0: All right. Uh, so our next section is a lower Q4 predicted. So I don't have the article, uh, listed here that Orlando has up, but you know, it, it makes sense. It's one of those things where, you know, we, we anticipate every year to have a good Q4. And I I do think Q4 comparatively to the rest of this year, I hope is going to be better than the rest of this year has been. So if we're looking at things like, what was it like Q1, Q2, everybody's seeing dips in eBay. Everybody's seeing that these numbers are coming down across the board. Um, Stocks are down across the board. Like people are feeling it all the, I mean, we had somebody in the comments say they work at a at a major retail business and and the freight is lower and, and the inventory they're expected to move is lower. So comparatively, I would imagine Q4 is still going to be an upswing from where we're at, but it's hard because yeah. that's when you're trying to compare apples to oranges, right? Like if you're comparing Q4 to Q2, those numbers are going to look very different. But I think what what we're kind of anticipating is looking at Q4 this year versus Q4 over the last five years and are we going to see again a steady increase? Because if you're looking at like flat numbers, that's not good in an economy, especially a, a fiat currency system like we have. Uh, the, you know, the money is constantly being inflated, and so GDP has to grow. Um, all of those things are, are have to be taken into account and in consideration. So even if Q4 this year is pretty close to Q4 last year, that's still a negative. That's a hit in the economy. Uh, yeah. And for us as resellers, like we know, no matter what numbers, because Honestly, I get where people are like, look, I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care what what, you know, people are saying in the news cuz it depends on who you're listening to. I mean, same thing with like buying a house. Like half the real estate people are like this is the best time ever no matter what the interest rates are and the other half of the people are like just wait, the bubble's coming going to pop. So depending on who you're listening to, you're going to get different information, but I think the only thing that we can go on in some times is just our own gut and our own experiences. And the reality is, I don't know many people who would say like, yeah, th- this last couple of years has been significantly better for me as a person as far as what my dollar can buy, uh, as it's been before. Like, I think most people are feeling a hit. And so, how does that Im- impact us as resellers? Well, if people are, you know, trying to buy things for Christmas, I mean, my wife and I already had this conversation. I know a lot of people are having similar conversations of. Okay, where can we cut? Can we can we reduce and do, you know, lower, lower the budget we spend on each person? And then a lot of people again are gonna go to things like Amazon having their big early, you know, Amazon prime days. And like we talked about, a lot of the items that are selling are items in the $20 to $40 range because they're putting things on big clearances because they're trying to move stuff. And so I think that's what we're gonna see is we're gonna see a lot of people trying to look for some good deals. But again if people are looking for good deals they're probably going to buy the chinsier, cheaper Amazon Prime deals uh those Prime Day type items kind of like the Black Friday toasters you know like those are the things people are going to be looking for, oh. for for Christmas gifts and I don't mean like a toaster per se but like I feel like the Prime Day deals have kind of turned into that like when you go to a good fr- uh not good Friday when you go to a Black Friday sale uh, at a store a lot of times the items it, it's it's almost like see the stuff they sell at, at, at that price and i think that people are going to turn to that before they're turning to collectibles before they're turning to high dollar collectibles on ebay i don't
1: know i don't i don't know i'm not having that experience like myself like i am i am selling collectibles right now like i just sold a 250 vintage shirt i just sold a 180 north face coat i just sold a 450 taxidermy i just sold a doug decoy for 100 bucks so i, I guess it depends on what you have. Right. I guess it depends on what you have. Uh, yeah. The data has told us so that people right now are looking to buy 20 to 40 bucks, right. On Amazon, right. The chintzy stuff that he had mentioned. Uh, but I, you know, I encourage everybody here. Just keep listening. Right. There's only, I mean, what, what else are we going to do? Right. Everybody's going
0: to be shopping on Timu for Christmas gifts, man. That's what I'm, that's my
1: prediction. Uh, <laughs> that, well, there's a lot of bad media about Timu right now. So, Hey, I just wanted to say, give a shout out here uh, to Nashville flippers. Thanks for, and joining us and saying hi thanks christine uh for joining us here on the live i uh, said so people feel poor and then uh, jennifer uh, goodall says live how fun all right hey so let's talk about our uh, things to look out for so we're gonna go boba bolo so what is what is your bolo mike bobo all
0: right so i'm gonna do like a, two quick bolos here um one it's a little bit late on this but um Again, I'm not a huge sports fan, but it was kind of cool to see uh, the Rangers do really well in the the World Series. Uh, so it's a little late on the the Rangers bolo. Uh, not yet,
1: no, no. They, they, but, you can still sell good Ranger stuff,
0: right? So no, no. I, I mean, I know they're still going to sell, but I think we missed that window of like that rising and being able to still access it. I think it's harder to access. You know what I mean? Like people know what they have now. They're not going to be selling it as cheap. It's not going to be as easy to find uh, a garage sale. You know, so yeah, so source it, the Bolo aspect is a little bit harder for that. But I, I do think that that's a, a um, you know, still an important one. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a historic thing, right? Like the fact that it's their first world series. Um, it's a really cool experience. Um, so that's one of my Bolo's. And the other one, uh, going back to that book sale that I went to, is and I kind of hate given this way, but I I think I feel safe with it because I have a lot of um, I have a lot of expertise. So You're gonna
1: kill I, your own market.
0: I don't think so because again, like I said, um, I feel like I have a lot of expertise. It would take somebody quite a bit of learning to get where I'm at on this. Uh, but um, what type of books I I often do well on are, are theological books. And again, it's got to be you got to know the authors. You got to know what is what people are looking for. What are our low prints because. When it comes to those, you get like your uh, mega church style um, bookstores, the, the the Christian bookstores. So your purpose driven lives. So if you go to it, pretty much any garage sale or any thrift store, you're going to see like seven copies of purpose driven life. Right. Like those aren't the books that are selling. <laughs> yeah. So but if you're looking at an old, you know, 19th century, 20th century, um, maybe some some stuff from Puritans or smaller uh, publishers like the commentaries. It, you know, Yeah. Commentary. I mean, commentaries can be huge, especially if you're getting them from the right person. And the other thing too, is a lot of times, same thing with academics. So it's not just theological books, but like academic works um, is, you know, when you're buying books on Amazon, they're they're printing them by, you know, the thousands, the tens of thousands. And even if they weren't they're they're still trying to sell them cheap. So like 20 bucks to $10 for a book somewhere in that range. Whereas, you know, if a, if a university, if a doctor at a university is publishing a book, For something for his academic circle those books go for like a hundred dollars and it's like the same size or a little bit bigger than like a normal novel but because they're only really selling it to like 300 people and it's very select group of people who are buying those so again if you know the market to look for 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 those like the smaller publishers where they're not printed those books if one of those people becomes popular or somebody's looking to complete their library and add a work from somebody you're going to do really well so again even just knowing publishers can help because if you see a smaller publisher, that's that's definitely worth a look up.
1: Yeah, agreed, agreed. No, I've sold some commentaries for good money. So, okay, Grumpy Granny has a question here. And I want to hear from the people in the comments because I don't know what this is. Is this real? Is this kind of conspiracy land? So uh, Grumpy Granny <laughs> says, have either of you tried the latest trend of doing an eBay store reset? So when you say that, are you talking about taking down all your listings and restarting them? I've also heard people say that they've gone to, they've called eBay because they haven't had sales and they've shut it down. Uh, like like the eBay rep has said, oh, we'll shut it down and we'll restart your store. Is that what we're talking about? Because I don't, like to me, I I, I get the whole delist everything i think uh kevin commonwealth pickerhead at one point he has a video and he had discussed about you know taking down tons of listings and you're just like starting all over you know you know things are fresh they are new listings you're not get, you're not getting dragged down by all the stale listings that you have let us know in the comments if no one in the comments has anything for us uh you know this is something i'm going to research and and we'll drop it on on a future uh update podcast probably in a couple weeks because I want to know what this whole store reset talk is. Uh, I I think it's interesting because, you know, I've had people before go, yeah, I called eBay and I wanted them to reset my store and and they reset my store and sales are up. And I'm like, that's kind of so somebody has the power, like somebody has the ability to push a button. And hit reset on your store like that's kind of that's a that's a weird one so the, let us great know in the com- reset yeah I know, I know well let us know in the comments while i share my bolo so my bolo i i was reminded of when a couple weeks ago i went to a garage sale and somebody had all these batting gloves and i paid i think i paid like 40 bucks but i got like six pairs of batting gloves i ended up getting a few shirts like got, i got a bunch of stuff for 40 bucks Well, if you can find batting gloves that are tied to a player. So these were Mike Trout batting gloves. Uh, I I ended up buying four pairs of those. I got some other ones. Uh, If you can get, you know, somebody like say somebody has a collab with Nike and they have a certain kind of batting gloves that comes out. They can go for good money. So I paid 40 for all of mine and I ended up selling each of them for about $60 a piece. Right. So you might find these at the thrift. You might find these at a garage sale definitely keep it, keep an eye on it uh, because it definitely can, can help you out. Uh, you know, just, just knowing that, you know, there's a player's name, look up the player. Uh, and, and sometimes people are looking for like older ones, right? You can just, you can do eBay comps on this. You can tear this this. Uh, but yeah, there's some batting gloves that are worth over a hundred bucks. There are some that are worth close to $200 and the beauty of batting gloves is number one, they're easy to take pictures of. And, and number two, they're so easy to ship. You just put it in a padded, uh, flat, not padded flat rate right, in a padded mailer, and you ship it out and you're good to go. All right. So, a couple people had answered. Uh, somebody had said, Yes, Commonwealth Picker did do the store reset. Somebody uh, recently said the caveat about the Commonwealth Pickers, he readjusted prices to match current market demand to get more sales too. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I don't think you need a store reset to do that. You know, um, I've been doing some of that. Uh, if you guys don't know, I, uh, I haven't mentioned this yet. I went from 50% off sale on my store to 55% off and my sales took off. They took off and I see Mike's face when I say that, but here's why the cost of goods for my stuff is so low. I'm so super profitable. This is why I encourage everyone like work those deals. You make your money on the buy. I know, right? but so, it's
0: still, it's almost like a race. I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a race to the bottom. Exactly. But it, when, when, we're at a place where you continue to have to lower your prices, lower your prices to get the same sales that, that equates to the working twice as much to make half as much, right. Or to make the same amount. So it, it, it's, it's a bummer. I mean, it's not something to celebrate for sure. It might be a tactic that works, but you can basically get to the point where, yeah, my, your cost of goods didn't change. They were still super low. So you can do a big sale, but that's that your, your total uh, net that you're getting out of that is, is now 55% less. To half. So that's,
1: that's hard. Yeah, but I'm paying the bills. Like I don't care. Like to me, right now, it's about survival for a lot of us. If you're a full-time reseller, you could be like, oh, you know, what's five percent? Right? Five percent of a hundred dollars—that's five bucks. Am I gonna turn away a sale for five bucks? Even if it's a thousand, right? All right? Five but you know, five percent. What's that? Fifty dollars. Am I gonna turn away a thousand-dollar sale for fifty dollars? So that's the way I see it. Because for me, it's like. I got to do what I can to make things happen. And uh, yeah, we're we're kind of are in a race to the bottom, you know, in the sense that inflation's gone up, right? Cost of everything has gone up, but there's been deflation in the eBay market, like the cost of goods for everything has dropped. Uh, there's some people coming in here. We're going to wrap this up here in a moment here, uh, but I want to talk about the store reset. Uh, the Latina seller said, I had been checking out my titles sometimes, some items were never showing on the search and I spent some time switching keywords and one day later items sold. Yeah. I hear a lot of people doing that. Sometimes people like they'll take pictures and they'll photo room it. Like, so meaning they'll remove the white background and they'll put them back up and they'll get sales the next day. So that works too. Uh, somebody here said, uh, Christine says, do you think store sell through rate affects Cassini listing visibility? I do. We've taught, Mike and I have talked about this, right? What's your, what's your take on this Mike?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, for sure it does again because uh, eBay wants to, eBay wants items to sell. I mean, think about it. They, they know they've got their Q4 report, they've got to, to present to their shareholders in just a few, you know, months, as it were. So they have to, they want items to sell. And so if there are stores that are moving items, those are going to be the stores they're going to push, right? Because if they, they're, no matter what, they're going to be spending their, basically, it's like their real estate, right? Their website. Where they're putting items up and they're going to use their their processing power, their time, their energy, all of the stuff to put up stores that maybe have really low sell through rate, which means there's probably something wrong with the listings, maybe with the seller Mm -hmm. versus if they could use that same amount of time, energy, all that to boost stores that are moving items they'd rather the items move because they don't care how much they don't care how much Orlando makes i mean when it comes down to it they're like if orlando makes $200 on the item or $100 on items or whatever like ultimately they just want orlando's stuff moving because he could say i have potential profit but these items aren't moving but i'm waiting for top dollar versus i've actualized profit it's lower than i would like but uh you know at least i'm getting profit cuz that's how ebay makes their money so yeah they want items to move so they're going to they're going to prioritize the stores that are moving items for sure.
1: Hundred percent agreed. Okay, A couple of funny things here. Uh, Eric uh, Stefano says, "I thought I was gutsy going from thirty to thirty-five percent off." Haha. Ha. Listen, I was there, I was there. But once I saw the saw the sales coming through, I was like, "I'm gonna just keep riding this train." Uh, Paradise Speaker just cracks me up with this one. Said, "I love that." Londa, you're like one of those perpetually going out of business stores. Hey uh, man, it's good hey, marketing. You know, I, I I gotta I gotta push items so. So hey yeah so listen I always I always say this on Instagram but I'll say it here if you are watching somebody on YouTube okay and I'm not trying to throw shade but they are complaining about slow sales they're complaining about not making money but they haven't run sales they haven't promoted list promoted their listings they they haven't sent coupons you got to be careful who you're listening to because I'm telling you right now like people that are trying to make it that is that is what they're doing they they are they're doing what they can to adapt to the market and i rather be constantly busy and working and making money than sitting around and waiting for people to buy. Because at that point, you're going to end up in a lot of hurt. And I, in, I, I still am in a lot of hurt from the last year and a half in the sense that, you know, I waited too long to run sales. And I always ran sales, but to run deep sales. And, you know, what happens is you start cutting away at your capital. You start cutting away, at, you know, at your safety net. You know, you might end up, you know, going. You know, I'll pay this bill a little bit later, and then I'll pay this bill a little bit later, and before you know it, everything is stacking against you. And you rather be ahead of the game than be behind in all of that. Yeah,
0: that's good stuff. All right, Orlando. So as we start to wrap this up, uh, what are you starting to look forward to uh,
1: in the the coming week? So I am super looking forward to listing those items from that La Jolla pickup just because I'm just wondering how they'll do, right? Am I gonna be stuck with a bunch of artwork that nobody wants or or are they really cool items? Like, you know, was was it kind of like worth like taking the risk? And the risk was low, right? I paid 250 for everything, but I'm kind of excited about some of the items, right? Because I really haven't delved too much into kind of art kind of pieces. My, my, My sourcing is changing. Now, if I don't end up selling these things, then maybe next time I end up in this situation, Maybe I'll pass, right? But I always tell people, like, it doesn't hurt to take risk if the cost is low. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, You know, as always, I'm looking forward to sourcing. I'm looking forward to being organized. I'm actually getting really organized right now. Uh, And, uh, you know, Q4 is helping because as I'm selling things, I'm moving items that have been taking up real estate. So that's been kind of nice. How about you? Uh, So mine, I think, might become
0: reselling related. So, I've got uh, some friends I've met here in Texas who who are, are really big into smoking meats, and uh, I have a I have like a Traeger, but it's like an old like a like a not not the fanciest model, but man the the meat they're making is great. And so I've been learning a little bit more about that, and there seems to be like it's a huge subculture here, and uh, I think there might be a market there on the on the local deals. And so I'm gonna start looking for some uh, some some smokers that I can get at a decent price just for myself, and then also I think. That might end up being a market that I get into because uh, there's a lot of people who have some that they don't use, they sell, or they have you know items that go with it. They've got the 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 stuff that goes with it, and uh, and and I think the subculture is big enough here, and that would definitely be local because we're talking like huge ceramic giant, you know, several hundred pound uh, units. But but when you're looking at maybe making a couple hundred dollars profit off of a a few sales uh, for a little bit of work, it might be worth it. So I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna see. I like to I don't like to get into hobbies unless I can make the hobby at least break even or pay for itself because of reselling.
1: Yeah. Okay, we'll end on this note. Uh Immortality Evolution said PHP jerky. So that that could be, you know, well, we we still got to get the merch out, okay? We got to get the merch, but once we get the merch then maybe we'll think about, you know, selling some uh, beef jerky. That would be great. Coffee. So Thank you for everyone who joined us on the live on this episode. You guys are incredible. I appreciate all your support. Mike and I always talk about how awesome our audience is, everybody that supports us, whether it be just, you know, just tuning in, being on YouTube, or even going to the next level and help us on Patreon. We are thankful for every single one of you. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Leads. Peace.